I'm your host, Julia Rossi, and I am also your guest today. Uh, I'm traveling and uh, coordinating to record with a guest was just getting harder than I expected. Um, So it's just going to be me. It's going to be brief. Um, And, you know, speaking of it being too hard for me to coordinate with a guest this week and then just deciding not to do it, I think is a great lead in. To something I want to talk about, which is uh, the whole Simone Biles situation. If you don't know, Simone Biles, uh, Olympic gymnast, she's pulled out of the Olympics uh, for her mental health, which I think is great. I hope it sets an example to others that mental health is one of the most important things, if not the most important thing that you can take care of in yourself, because mental health affects all of your other health. It affects your physical health, your spiritual health. It affects how you behave in this world, how you treat others, how you treat yourself. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, for my mental health, I was trying to record this week. Uh, I'm visiting family and it just was too much. Um, Maybe that was me just quote unquote giving up, or maybe that was me knowing that it was going to stress me out too much and it's not the end of the world. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to say the last time I did a solo episode about a month ago about, uh, Zoloft and career value and Conan, um, I was nervous to do a solo episode and which is crazy because not crazy. That's not the word. It's wild because, I have been performing as a comic for years and years, and it's all about performing on stage alone. I've done solo shows, but there's something about speaking into a microphone alone and not interacting with another person that I'm still getting used to. But I think I might do more solo episodes here and there when I can't coordinate with a guest because the feedback was absolutely lovely. I got a lot of really nice DMs and emails and texts from people who really resonated with the episode that it made them feel better um, about, you know, their medication journey and their own things with career values. So uh, thank you so much for letting me know that you enjoyed that episode. Um, And better yet, write the things that you're going to email me privately about the show. Just Put them on the iTunes comments. Write a review. Uh, I only ask that because it helps increase the visibility of the show. And the more people that listen to the show, the more people, you know, hopefully I can maybe help or inspire or entertain or whatever the show is doing for people. Um, I just want to connect with as many people as possible. And whoever needs the show, I want them to hear it. So if you can, you know, leave a nice review for the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to it, a nice rating or tell friends. Uh, I would really appreciate it as always. Um, so, uh, sorry, there is an ant crawling across my laptop and I'm trying to ignore it, but it's a big old black, quick moving ant. And, uh, I'm trying to flick it off here while still 
maintaining my composure as a host. Um, so Simone Biles, um, you know, here's the thing about mental health that is a bummer. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't quite understand it or, or maybe believe that it's a thing, which is wild to me, but, uh, because you can't see it usually, you know, I guess in the extreme cases you can, but for the most part, it's talking about how you feel. And, you know, when you have a broken leg, you have a broken leg, it's in a cast, people can see it. They can see that you're suffering with this broken leg, but people can't see when you're suffering with a mental health issue. And so I understand somewhat why it isn't as widely empathized with or accepted. Um, Also, you know, for a long time, it was stigmatized. A lot of older generations, you know, my parents included, have taken some time to understand the concept because they were raised to toughen up and, and, you know, suck it up. I mean, I was raised that way at times. My generation, you know, kids of the eighties, I think we're often told, you know, to just, just muster through and look, sometimes you should muster through. Sometimes you should, you know, sometimes you do need a pep talk, a, a coach kind of pep talk, uh, depending on where your head's at. But like when you're really struggling, sometimes that's not what you need. Sometimes what you need is to take a break and like take that break. Whether you're an Olympic athlete or the the person who works at the bank, I don't know. Everyone needs a break, um, especially if you feel like you're about to crack. Um, it's in and, and the thing that makes me the most frustrated and I'm really talking about a lot of unfortunately usually white men on Twitter uh you know there's some of them and and I I I just finally stopped looking you know that that's my own mental health thing sometimes I got to put away the internet um but you know there's some of these guys on there and some women I'm sure but it's a lot of guys being like shitting on Simone Biles for quitting. And it's like, first of all, that is evidence right there that we all need to take better care of our mental health. Because for you to be going off on someone for doing what's best for them is a sign that you need to take better care of your mental health. Second of all, the fact that you're online all caps screaming into the void at strangers instead of speaking to a therapist is another clue that we all need to take better care of our mental health, that as a society, we need to encourage better mental health. Third of all, the amount of these dudes that are insulting Olympic athletes and have strong opinions about the Olympics who look like they've never even done, even gone for a walk, you know, who were just the furthest thing from athletes, yet they have the strongest opinion about athletes. Fuck off. I mean, truly, just look within yourself. When If you're that angry at somebody for taking care of themselves, what is that telling you? You know, I think it's telling you that you need to take better care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever that means. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think a lot of those people 
that need to hear this or listening to this podcast. I assume my podcast, my audience is probably like-minded people to me. So, you know, perhaps I'm preaching to the choir, but I just wanted to share all that just as a reminder that I, if Simone Biles listens to this, I support her. I support anyone who puts their mental health first. Um, And it's, you know, whenever somebody, you know, when like a celebrity commits suicide, there's always somebody who says, you know, oh, what a coward. And fuck that, because here you have somebody who is trying to take care of their mental health and they're being called a coward for taking a break. And now if a person doesn't take a break to take care of their mental health and it gets worse and worse and worse and they ultimately end their life, then they're still a coward. So what is better, taking a break so that you don't reach a point of no return? What do you want from people? I don't know. I get so upset about this stuff because when I think of myself as a kid, the language wasn't there for what I was feeling. And I'm sure a lot of people who grew up in the eighties or before the eighties or maybe the nineties, I don't, I don't know, maybe even now, but I just know my generation, you know, there's one kid in my grade who I can't remember if it was senior year or following graduation who, you know, came out as depressed. And I felt like it was a lot of, he is depressed. And there was a lot of misunderstanding about what that meant and stigma around it. And now that I've learned so much about mental health, I can say that I absolutely 100% was suffering from depression and anxiety as a teenager. And if I had had the language and the space to explore that and talk about it, um, maybe see a therapist as a teenager, I think it would have been really good. I, I really often wonder what my younger years would have been like if I had more mental health support. Um, but it just wasn't discussed the way it is right now. I mean, I, I think there was, you know, some after school specials about anti-suicide or, or, or suicide prevention, I should say. You know, there was some eating disorder after school specials. There there was stuff like that. But I mean, when I go back and read all my poems, I wrote a lot of poetry as a as a teen, as a kid, uh, and into my twenties. And they're like really they're about depression. I mean, that's what they're about. They're about depression and anxiety. And uh yeah, I I I guess I want to publicly apologize to younger me for not giving her the space to take care of that stuff. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this before on the show, but I, I definitely had an eating disorder when I was a late teen, early twenties. Uh, didn't really know the language for that. Like I knew what bulimia was, but my examples of bulimia were, um, Kate's secret, uh, which was a movie with Meredith Baxter Bernie, where she would, it was very dramatic. Like she would eat you know, an entire birthday cake after all the guests from the party left and dramatic music would play. And then she would very dramatically throw up. And because that wasn't my experience with bulimia, it was a little bit more subtle, I guess you could say, and a little bit more infrequent. And there was no dramatic music playing. I didn't think I had a problem Um, because that was what I saw as my example of what it was. Um, 
And I also took a quiz in college. God, I'm so sorry. I feel like I've talked about this in the podcast before. If I'm repeating myself, forgive me. Um, But I took a quiz in college about bulimia and my test results came back as not really having it. So I didn't think I had it, but I did. Um, I feel this way about, you know, even just recently having a baby. Um, When you have a baby, you take a postpartum questionnaire um, after you have the child and it asks you questions about how you're feeling. And I guess they sort of determine if you might have postpartum depression and I don't know. I guess what I'm trying these questionnaires, I, I know they mean well and it and it's a way for medical professionals to check in with you. But when you take a questionnaire about you know, asking, trying to figure out if you have bulimia or trying to figure out if you have postpartum depression, I don't know about you, but it's very easy for me to pick the answers that will make the results say no, because I don't want to have the thing. I don't want to be somebody with an eating disorder. I don't want to be somebody with depression or whatever the quiz was going for. So uh, I don't even know how I got into this, but, oh, I guess what I was saying is, is, um, uh, what was I saying? (laughs) I feel like this, see, this is why doing solo episodes is weird because I don't have another person to bounce the story and the conversation. I love conversations. I love the interaction. Uh, it's I like the flow when it's just me alone. Uh, my my I start to just say whatever's in my head, and sometimes it's me just talking to myself, and I forget the microphone's there. And God bless you if you're still listening. Um, I think what I was trying to get at is it can be hard to diagnose mental health issues. It can still feel scary to admit you have a mental health issue. To be labeled, you know? Um, But I just want to say those labels, you know, me having been bulimic, me being, having depression and having anxiety, uh, those labels do not define me. They're just part of who I am. They're just words to help me explain certain things that I do, certain ways that I feel. Um, They're tools. Those words are tools. So I You know, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but I know for me, some of my resistance in the past to accepting my own mental health and taking care of my own mental health was the fear of the labels. I don't like labels. And I felt like having any sort of label that was mental health related somehow was going to define me or, or make me be a freak, I guess, the same way that when that kid in my high school came out as depressed, that's all I saw. I was like, oh, that's, you know, Bob. That wasn't his name, but I'm going to use that name. That's Bob, the depressed kid. You know, that's that's what my 18-year-old brain thought of when I heard it. And so I just want to take this moment to remind you that, like, you are not your mental illness and you are not your flaws? I don't want to say flaws. You are not your diagnosis. You are a human. Being a human is extremely hard. Uh, Even if you were born rich and privileged or you were born poor and in suffering, uh, life is hard. Obviously, some people's lives are harder 
than others situationally, but everyone living on this planet is hard. Um, even if you have the quote unquote perfect life, what's going on around you in the world is hard. It's hard to see suffering. It's hard to not know how to solve issues. So as Robin Williams said, uh, I'm going to misquote it. I'm going to try to say it the best way I can, but he said, you know, be kind to people because you never know what they're going through, something along those lines. And I, I try to remember that um, because we're all suffering with something. So yeah. Uh, it's so funny. I was originally going to tell a story about yelling at somebody at Whole Foods a few years ago, and then somehow I didn't get to it. It's really not that much of a story. It's uh, it's that when I was not going to therapy and not medicated, I got upset at somebody at Whole Foods because they ran out of the muffin I liked. I didn't yell at them. I just got very teary-eyed and was like, but I don't I don't understand. Uh, and I felt really embarrassed about how I acted. And then I went back into the Whole Foods like 10 minutes later and found the woman and apologized and started weeping. And she was like, uh, okay. <laughs> this was in New York, uh, as I've shared on the podcast before in New York. Man, what a public place. I've cried in so many places. But I feel like a lot of women especially white women are always crying in a Whole Foods. You know, I'm not special. There's always a a lady weeping, weeping next to the kombucha and the vegan yogurts about something. And good for us, you know? It's better to cry and let it out and apologize to the person that you unloaded on than to jump in front of a train. God, well, that was a turn. Was that too dark? See, this is why a guest helps because they could be like, whoa, Julia, too dark. <laughs> All right, I'm actually having fun. Uh, I hope you are too. And I hope you are taking care of yourself. Um, and I'm going to link to some low cost free mental health resources. I found a great list online. It's from 2019, so it might be a little outdated, but I'm going to put it in the notes of this podcast and on my social media. Um, because I think some people could use it because I'm constantly promoting therapy, but I realize that therapy is not affordable and accessible to all people. It also sucks because I know a lot of people who are on wait lists right now to receive free low cost mental health care. And uh, in some places there is a backlog of people on the list. And so it's not always immediate and that sucks. Like there, there needs to be, you know, a, a better way to get the mental health treatment that you need. But um, but this list is great because it has some online resources and some websites and some things that you can do perhaps while you're waiting to find the right therapist or to find an affordable therapist. So um, I'll share that for anyone who needs it. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'll be back next week with a guest. I have some great guests coming up. Um, and if this is your first time listening to the show or you've only listened to a few episodes, Go back and listen to some of the other episodes. Um, I've been really fortunate to have some super cool, hilarious, open people come on the show and open up and share parts of themselves that they don't usually get to share, maybe on stage or in what they do. And uh, and I'm really honored that they've all opened up to me. And a lot of the conversations have gone in really deep directions, kind of confessional directions that neither of us expected. 
Um, and it's been really cool. And I, I just feel, again, really honored that people have trusted me with their stories. And so I hope you go back and listen to them. And I hope that, you know, they have a positive effect on you, a comforting effect. And if you like the show, share it with others. Um, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.